It's an exciting time because we are just two weeks away from launching our third campus in northwest Oklahoma City. Man, God is good. It's an exciting time. And I also just have to say a big thank you to Pastor Herbert uh, for giving me an opportunity. What a blessing to be part of a church that gives an opportunity like this to a young youth pastor that grew up in small town Nebraska. There are more people in our church on Sundays than there are in the entire hometown that I grew up in. But I love being here. I love People's Church. Me and my wife, we've been here at People's Church for three years now. We've been married for three years. And we are now just two months away from having our first child. Come on, somebody pray for me. I am nervous. I'm excited, but I'm scared to death. I'm scared to death. I've never even changed a diaper, and now I have to be responsible for this little life? I'm scared, but I can't wait for that moment when that day comes, when I get to hold that little guy in my arms and look into his eyes, and I'm just praying that I don't do something like trip and fall when that moment comes. Uh, little babies scare me, and I think that's probably about true for any guys who have never had a kid. Tiny babies scare us to death. You give us a kid when they're old enough to wrestle and go to the bathroom, we're good. We will wrestle, but you give us this tiny little newborn baby that can't even hold his head up? Oh, we're scared. No, you want to hold him? No, I'm, I'm good. No, thank you. They, they can squeeze the pinky. Come on, squeeze the pinky finger. That's as comfortable as we are with babies. But uh, I am excited. I can't wait to be a dad. Uh, in fact, for me, it's one of those better than heaven moments. And here's what I mean by that. I've noticed that in life, we have these moments in our mind. We think they're going to be so awesome, they're going to be better than heaven. Better than heaven. For instance, I grew up in a strong Christian household, and it was really important for me to save myself until marriage. And so I fought for my purity. And listen, it was hard, so I had to fight for my purity. But there was a prayer along the way, and this prayer helped me out a ton. And I would pray, and I would say, Lord, please don't come back and don't take me home till after my wedding night. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Come on, somebody. Here we go. Uh, I was praying, Lord, I want to go to heaven, but not till after I get married. Come on, just wait a little bit. It's like somewhere in my mind, I thought marriage was going to be better than heaven. And then I got married. <laughs> Lord, take me. <laughs> take me home, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I, I love marriage. The past three years has, has been amazing. But life is just full of these moments, these better than heaven moments. Uh, these moments, maybe it's, Lord, please don't come back until after I get married. Or God, just wait until I have a child or until they graduate or until I become successful in my career. Or God, until I get my, my big raise. Or Lord, heaven sounds really good, but I just don't want to go there until I do something to make an impact in this world and to do something to make a difference. Heaven. Ooh, I want to go to heaven. Just not yet. <laughs> God, just not yet. Heaven can wait just a little bit. See, for most of us, our heart doesn't naturally long for heaven. And we many times, we don't even give heaven a second thought because honestly, right, life, sometimes it's not all that bad, right? We get so caught up on the things of this world, the people that are in this world, that we forget all about the things of the world to come. You know what that shows me? That shows me that heaven is a very misunderstood subject. We have some, some misunderstood views of heaven. In fact, I grew up in a pastor's home. My dad has been a pastor my entire life. And I grew up with a very misunderstood view of heaven. To me, I, this used to scare me to death growing up. I was scared to death that when we get to heaven, it was going to be a never-ending church service. 
This petrified me. I was scared. I would go to church and I would hear people say, I can't wait to get to heaven and just worship Jesus for all eternity. And I would look at them. Forever? Hold on. You are telling me this church service is never going to end? I'm thinking, man, it's going to be one of those things where the worship team just keeps playing and the pastor never wraps it up. I've been part of those services. <laughs> and I thought this was going to be heaven, and this scared me to death. And so I'm already in my mind. I'm thinking of ways to get out of it. <laughs> I'm like, man, in heaven, I'm just, Lord, Lord, I love you, Jesus. But after raising my hands for 15 minutes, my back, whoo, my back is hurting. So y'all just continue with your eternal worship. I'm going to go over here. I'm just going to lay down, close my eyes. Y'all are good. <laughs> I'm thinking of ways to get out of it, and that shows me there's got to be more to heaven than just some of the views that we have. And so today we get to take a look at the truth about heaven, because it is a very misunderstood subject. And the truth about heaven is, is amazing. And I want you to get this. Not only is heaven for real, but heaven is for you. Heaven is for you. And as we begin to truly understand heaven, yeah, as we begin to truly understand it, it will completely change the way we live our lives now. Heaven changes us. It changes us. And I do got to say, though, up front, no matter how hard I try to describe to you how amazing heaven is going to be, I am going to fail miserably. I'm going to fail because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.9, it says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Wow. Heaven is going to be so awesome. It's going to be better than anything you've seen. Anything you've heard, even your greatest and most amazing thoughts are going to come up short of what heaven is really going to be like. It's going to be incredible, and that's why I truly believe that if we just begin to get a true understanding of heaven, it will completely change our lives now. And so today, we just, I just want to take a look at two ways heaven changes us now. Two ways heaven changes us now. Number one, the first way is heaven gives us a hope beyond circumstance. It gives us a hope beyond circumstance. As a church, there's this phrase that we say all the time, and I love this phrase because it gives us hope for a better tomorrow. And Pastor Herbert, almost every Sunday, he'll come up here and he'll say, church, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. I love that phrase because there's so much hope in that phrase. But that phrase takes on an entirely new meaning when we apply it to the hope that's coming on the other side of heaven. The best is yet to come. And that's the truth. For those who follow Jesus, no matter what circumstances you are going through today, you can look at your life and say, the best is yet to come. See, today might be rough. Last week might have been devastating, but the best is yet to come. Or maybe you're here and you're struggling to pay your bills. Or maybe you're just stressed and overwhelmed from all the pressure at work. Or maybe you're facing a situation that is tearing your family apart. Or maybe you're here and you're just in so much pain that you can barely even move your body. Once we begin to understand the hope and the joy that's coming, it gives us strength to press through today because the best is yet to come. And heaven is going to be so much greater than anything you can even imagine. It's going to be incredible. So, man, how can, how can I even describe this place to you? Have you just ever had a moment in your life where you looked around and you thought, it doesn't get any better than this? Maybe you were on a cruise or you were on the beach just lounging by the ocean or with your family at a holiday. Just one of those moments you look around and think, I wish this feeling could last forever. Well, when I was a sophomore on my college basketball team, and I know, you look at my five foot seven little white boy frame, 
And the first thing you think of is, I bet you that guy played college basketball. <laughs> Not really, but, uh, but I did. I was able to play four years of college basketball. I lo- love basketball. And I'll never forget, when I was a sophomore, we were playing in our conference championship game against a team called Dallas Christian. And this game came right down to the wire. They just scored a basket to tie us with just under four seconds left. And we have to go the entire length of the floor in under four seconds. So I'm getting ready. I put my... I put my little man quickness moves on, and listen, it pays to be little sometimes. Come on, little people, I got your back out there today. Come on, we are little, but we are quick. (laughs) And so I put my little man quickness on, and I get open, I catch the ball, and I turn, and I dribble as hard and as fast as I can up the court. I already know in my mind I am not giving this ball up. (laughs) I cross half court. I jump. My defender passes me by. I shoot. The buzzer sounds. And the ball goes directly through the net. Come on. And we were celebrating. We were rejoicing. We went crazy. It was unbelievable. We were shouting. We were screaming. I was dancing. Come on. And I have the worst dance moves in the history of man. I didn't even care. Because in that moment, nothing else mattered. There was no stress. There was nothing to worry about. There was nothing to to be wondering about, about tomorrow. In that moment, nothing else mattered. I didn't have a care in the world. And I looked around, and I thought, it doesn't get any better than this. Oh, come on. Life was good. And I thought, man, if only this feeling could last forever. But as quickly as that moment came, It passed me by. Because all that we will ever know on this world is temporary pleasures. Joy here one minute and gone the next. But I want you to see this in Psalm 1611. Here's what it says. It says, you will fill me with joy in your presence with what? Eternal pleasures at your right hand. See, all we know is temporary pleasures. But with God, someday we're going to know pleasures that will never pass away. So that means if you're here and you've ever had a moment where you looked at your life and thought, it doesn't get any better than this, I can guarantee you if Jesus is part of your life, it will get infinitely and indescribably better, and that feeling will never go away. It's incredible. The best is yet to come. And once we begin to understand this, it gives us a hope to hold on to no matter what trials we're facing today. You know, I'm convinced, I truly do believe that if we would just get a sneak peek into heaven for 10 seconds, that we would live every moment of every day with that 10 seconds on our mind. And now I've not gotten this 10 seconds of peek into heaven, but Revelations, excuse me, Revelations 21 and 22 does give us a good idea of what heaven's going to be like, kind of that sneak peek into heaven. It's, It's incredible. It's amazing. Revelations 21 verse 1 and 2 says this. It says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. I want to stop right there for a second. Because that same God who gives us new life in Christ, the same God who gives us this new, amazing, resurrected body, he's also going to give us a new heaven and a new earth. So I'm not an expert, I'm not 100% on this, but there's a good chance that the things you enjoy most here, you're also going to enjoy in the new heaven and the new earth only without any sin or imperfection or pain. That means if you're here and you like skiing in the mountains, The chances are good that someday you're going to be skiing on the biggest, most incredible mountainsides imaginable. And get this, you'll never get hurt. (laughs) 
Come on, bring on the half pipe, baby. <laughs> I'm not scared of that ski jump anymore. I mean, it's going to be incredible if you enjoy golfing. Imagine golfing on golf courses so beautiful you can't even wrap your mind around it. Or imagine running without ever getting tired. <laughs> Come on, man. Some of us might actually take up running if that was the case. It's not, by the way, it's not the running that we don't like. It's the feeling that running gives us that we can't stand. That's why I don't like running. But someday that is going to change. It's going to be amazing. Imagine playing sports when all of us have these new bodies that will never get weary or injured. Or imagine eating food. Ooh, now we're talking. Come on, bring on the food. Imagine eating food more delicious than anything you have ever tasted. And the fat doesn't stick to the hips. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for heavenly food. But it's going to be incredible. I am believing there's going to be some barbecue ribs in heaven. I can throw down on some barbecue in heaven. Give me some T-bone steak in heaven. Give me some of that corn on the cob in heaven. That's my Nebraska roots coming out right there. I'm a Nebraska corn husker. You better believe I'm throwing in some corn on the cob. But seriously, in Nebraska, corn on the cob is so big that there are times that's the only thing that we'll eat for an entire meal. <laughs> it's awesome. It's so good. They just bring out a plate piled high of corn on the cob, and they're like, the Lord bless it. You're welcome. <laughs> it's awesome. And I'm believing there's going to be some Nebraska corn on the cob when I get to heaven. It's going to be incredible. You're going to go on the most amazing adventures. There will never be a dull moment. In fact, it's going to be impossible for you to be bored. As best as I can try to describe this place, I already know. I'm, I know I'm falling short because it's going to be so much greater than anything you can even imagine. And you know what? If you look at your life and you think that this life is good, which honestly, it is pretty good sometimes, you got to understand all we've ever known is this world under the curse of sin. But someday, someday things are going to change because God is making a new heaven and a new earth free from all sin and all imperfection, and this is the future that we have to look forward to. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And the Bible goes on to say this in verse 4 and 5. It says that he, talking about God, it says, God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Wow. There will be no more death, no mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. The old order of life has passed away, and God is going to make everything new. New. One of the best ways to describe what heaven will be like is to describe what it won't be like. Because life as we know it, no more. It will be gone. There's going to be no more stress, no headaches, no broken heart, no pain, no sickness, no disease. You won't feel lonely, hurt, or broken. You won't be lazy, and you can't get tired. You're free to completely be yourself because in heaven, there's no insecurities that are holding you back. You're never going to feel beneath somebody because they have nicer things or a better position to you than you. And some of you know all too well the pain that comes from losing a loved one. Well, death itself will not even be allowed there. There will be no more funerals, no more cemeteries, and there will be nothing to fear because God is going to make everything new. It's going to be incredible. So how can I even begin to describe this place? Heaven is a place where imperfect people are made perfect and yet to spend eternity in perfection. I think that describes it pretty well. But it's going to be perfect. And this place is in store for you and for me. See, some of you, maybe you've seen the movie Heaven is for Real. Well, not only is heaven for real, heaven is for you. 
heaven is for you. And once we begin to understand how amazing heaven is going to be, it gives us a hope to hold on to. That no matter what we're going through today, we can look at our life and we can truly say, the best is yet to come. I've been a youth pastor for about seven years now. And within that seven years, I've sat down with some students and I've talked them through some of the toughest situations imaginable. This generation of students is facing things that no other generation has ever faced before it. And on a side note, if you're here today and you just have a heart for students, you love the 6th through 12th grade students, and you want to make a difference in that generation, we would love to have you come serve in Epic, our student ministries. We will show you how to make a difference in a student's life. And that is my shameless youth ministry plug right there. But we will, seriously, we would love to have you. Um, but this generation, they are, they're facing challenges that you wouldn't even believe. And in these tough moments, I've, I've talked with students. I've prayed with them. I've cried with them. And in these moments, they ask me one of the hardest questions imaginable. RJ, why? This isn't fair. Why is all this happening to me? You know, I wish I had all the answers. I wish I knew exactly how to respond and exactly what to say, but a lot of times I don't. So the only thing I can do is I can just look at them and just tell them about a hope that's coming. Say, so you know what, I don't know why this is happening to you. I don't know why you have to go through this, but I do know that because of the sin that's in this world, life isn't always perfect, dot, 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 yet. See, we live in a world full of sin and imperfection, so life isn't always perfect, not yet anyways. But there is coming a day on the other side of heaven where life will always be fair, it will always be just, it will always be right, because it will be completely without sin. Come on, the best is yet to come. So that means if you're here today and your family is falling apart, listen, I don't know why you have to go through this, but the best is yet to come for you because someday, someday in heaven, there will be no more sin in relationships. Or if you're here today and you just honestly don't know how you're going to make it with the money that you have, there is coming a day where the pavement you walk on is made out of gold so pure you can see through it. Or, or maybe you're here today and your body is just in so much pain and sickness and you can hardly even move. Well, there is coming a day where your body will be made more perfect and strong than the body of the greatest Olympian. Come on, the best is yet to come. And we get to experience this. But until that day comes... Heaven gives us a hope beyond circumstance that no matter what we're going through today, we can look at our life and say, the best is yet to come. Heaven changes us. Heaven changes the way we live. And there's, there's a second way that heaven changes our life now, and that's this. It changes our priorities. Number two, it changes our priorities. Because then we would learn to focus on what truly matters. And many of us, if we're honest, we have some priority issues in our life. We have priority issues. Listen, I don't get it. I don't understand this. But there are actually people who they will go to a stadium, they will sit down, and they will cheer for the Los Angeles Lakers. Come on, what's up with that? Priority issues right there. Or others of us, there are times we will go out and we will buy new rims for our car instead of paying last month's bills. <laughs> hey, I may be losing my house, but my car looks good. We have priority issues. Others of us will do all that we can to get our kids to every single ball game, even at the cost of consistently missing church. Sometimes we'll push aside time with our spouse. We'll push aside our family so we can go out and have a good time with our friends. We have some priority issues in this life. But I'm convinced that as we begin to better understand heaven, the priorities in our life would begin to shift. 
You know what? I am. I'm thankful today because there are some people sitting in this room. There are some people over there at Midwest City that you've decided that instead of going to church to attend a service, I'm going to church to live out a life of service. And those are two completely different things. And we are now just two weeks away from launching our new Northwest campus. And, man, I'm thankful because there are some people sitting in this room that are willing to sacrifice, willing to step out of their comfort zone and go over to that Northwest side of Oklahoma City to help further the kingdom of God. You're giving your time, you're giving your talents, you are giving your treasure, all for the purpose of furthering the kingdom of God. And I want you to know that is the biggest priority you could ever have in life. It's the biggest priority. In fact, Jesus himself puts it this way in Matthew 6, 33. He says this, seek first. Seek what? First. Top priority, number one, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added to you. Here's how I like to put it. Don't ever let a thing take the place of a king. So we have priority issues in our life, but don't ever let a thing take the place of a king because someday we're gonna get to heaven and we're gonna realize just how big of a priority God should have been in our lives. Revelation 21.3, it says this. It says, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. God will be with us. And we'll see him face to face. This is God's greatest desire. This is why Jesus had to come to this earth and die on that cross. So that we could be with him in heaven. And the Bible is very clear about this. The only way to get to heaven is through God's son, Jesus. But you've got to understand, this is God. He can do anything he wants. He can create anything he wants just by speaking the word. But his greatest desire comes true right there in that moment when he's there with us. Man. See, if I tried to describe to you how great heaven's going to be without telling you who we're sharing heaven with, I'd be leaving out the best part. The real beauty of heaven isn't the golden streets. Or it's not the precious city with all these unbelievable jewels or, or even our new amazing bodies. But the real beauty of heaven is being in the full and unrestrained presence of God. And that's what heaven is all about. We get to be where he is. Wow. What a moment. It's going to be in that moment that our life is truly going to be changed. It's going to be in that moment. We're going to look back at our life and we're going to wonder, how did I live so long without making you the biggest priority in my life? It's at that moment we're going to look back and we're going to wonder, why did I stress over the little things? Why was it more important for me to become a better athlete or a better employee than to become a better Christ follower? Why, why was the approval of man more important for me than the approval of God? It's there in that moment that we're going to wish we stepped outside of our comfort zone just a little bit more. Wish that we sacrificed just a little bit more. Wish that we gave just a little bit more to help further the kingdom of God. We're going to wish we did just a little bit more because finally, for the first time ever, our priorities will be made completely straight. See, if we truly understood the treasures that await us in heaven, I don't know about you, but my life would look completely different, especially my priorities. Is there any parents in the house? Any parents? We got some parents out there. Come on, we're Midwest City. Where are my parents at? I know we got some parents. Awesome. I like when I ask the question because some of you are like, yes, proud parent. Others are like, ah, I guess I'll claim him. Some of you, you have a kid, but you don't even raise your hand. You're like, I am not claiming that boy. Uh-uh. Ooh, I can't wait to be a parent. 
Parents, don't you just love all the crazy questions that your kids ask? Kids, they just ask a ton of crazy questions. I remember a time I was riding with my brother and my brother's son. And it was about a 25-minute ride. And on this 25-minute ride, this boy, this kid asked me over 50 times, 50 times he asked me the exact same question. Why? Why? And I'm, doing, I'm trying to be a good uncle. I don't get it. I'm like, what is up with all these questions? I'm trying to explain to him, here's why things happen that way. And after I'm done, Why? Before long, we don't even have an answer for why. We just say, because that's the way it is. Why? <laughs> and I'm looking at my brother. I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, Chris, your kid doesn't know anything, man. What is wrong with this boy? Are you reading to him at night? Are you teaching him the alphabet? What is up with all these questions? Kids, well, they just say the, the funniest things. They have awesome questions. I remember a time when I was a kid. And I looked at my mom, and I had one of those questions. I remember it like it was yesterday. I looked at my mom, and I said, Mom, if today was your last day on earth, what would you do? I was expecting skydive. I would go bungee jumping. Come on, let's go to the beach and lounge. I'm expecting something awesome. But in that moment, my mom, who was completely fine when I asked her the question, she began to break down and weep. And it scared me. I remember it so vividly because I was scared to death, and she was sobbing. This is not normal for my mom. And uh, it was, I was just scared, and I'm looking at her, I'm thinking, Mom, today's really not your last day on earth, is it? <laughs> is it, Mom? I'm scared. But her sobs, I mean, man. Finally, she died down, and with tears still running down her face, she said, I would call my family. I would do whatever I had to do. I would beg them to come to Jesus. I want you to get this. With eternity on her mind, the priorities in her life shifted to what truly matters. We need to learn to live with eternity on our mind. Because it's so easy to get caught up in the hustle and bustle of life and to, to cram our schedules so full of things that we completely forget uh, about all the wonderful things that God has in store for us in heaven. And this is exactly what Satan wants. He wants us to get so caught up on this world. Heaven, you want to go there someday, but don't think about it yet. <laughs> it can wait. Just let it wait a little while. And he wants us to get so caught up on the things of this world that we completely forget about the world to come. But it's when we live with heaven on our mind. Once we begin to, to live with eternity on our mind, our priorities begin to shift. Our priorities begin to look completely different. And I don't know about you, but if I was to live with, truly live with heaven on my mind, my life would look completely different. It would look different because then for me, it wouldn't be about pleasing people, it'd be about reaching people. Then for me, it wouldn't be about living a life of comfort, but it'd be about getting out of my comfort zone and living a life for Christ. It wouldn't be about what I can get, but what I can give to the church to help further the kingdom of God. And it wouldn't be about learning all I can about my sports team. It'd be about learning all I can about my Savior. And it wouldn't be about desperately trying to catch the latest season of 24. Come on, it'd be, about, it'd be about spending the 24 hours I have today to make a difference. Man, my life would look different. It wouldn't be about staying busy. It'd be about staying holy. And it wouldn't be about holding on to a grudge, but it'd be about carrying a cross. I don't know about you, but if I truly lived my life 
with heaven in mind, it would look completely different. We have to learn to live this life with the afterlife in mind. There was a man named Charles Peace. Back in the 1800s, Charles Peace was a big time murderer. And he was caught and he was convicted. And on the day that he was sentenced to be hanged, he was visited by a chaplain. And the chaplain went to him and he said, uh, Sir, you need to know Jesus to get to heaven. Otherwise, you're going to hell. And he continued to go through his, his speech. And Charles Peace, this convicted murderer, stopped him and he interrupted him. He said, Wait, wait, excuse me. Do you really believe in heaven and hell? And his chaplain said, oh, Yes, sir, I do. And Charles Peace, moments away from his death, he said, sir, I do not share your faith in heaven and hell. But if I did, if I believed what you say you believe, then even though all of England were covered with broken glass from coast to coast, I would crawl on my hands and knees, the length and the width of it, and I would think the pain worthwhile just to save one person from this eternal hell of which you speak. See, if I believed in eternity the way you say you believed in eternity, my life would reflect it. And today that's our challenge, that we would live our life with a true belief in eternity, with a true belief in heaven, because a true belief in heaven will completely change our lives. It would change our priorities. We would learn to keep the most important thing the most important thing. And it would give us a hope to hold on to no matter what circumstances we're going through today. And some of you, you're here today and you need to experience this hope because as you look at your life, things to you seem hopeless. But you've been so caught up on the problems and the trials facing you today that you've forgotten all about the joy that Jesus promises for those who love him. Man, you need to take comfort in the fact the best is yet to come. Heaven is coming, and that changes everything.